Hey Chatters, it's us again, DocPlay, presenting the world's best documentary films and factual series all in one place. DocPlay has something for everyone looking to dig deeper on topics like fashion, sports, biographies, music, politics, and much, much more. If you're a fashion devotee like sales, we're sure you have no trouble getting stuck into award-winning fashion films like Dior and I, Westwood, McQueen, and the September issue, and that's just the beginning. With dozens of Academy Award winners and nominees, you're looking at the very best docs. This isn't YouTube. Give us a try today. Visit docplay.com slash chatters and get 45 days free access. That's D-O-C-P-L-A-Y dot com slash chatters. Now, here's Sales and Crab. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year! Happy New Year. It's a little bit after New Year now, actually. I have, well, I would like to say I'd already been in your house this year. That's not true because I was here on New Year's Eve but I left before midnight. <laughs> left just after nine. You very nine. helpfully texted me photos of yourself drinking out of my good cups. And, yes. Yeah, it was just a it's outrageous. not all I did in your good cups. Outrageous. <laughs> um, have you got any New Year's resolutions? Uh, look, uh, I am sitting here enjoying a refreshing water and tonic. <laughs> I'm off the booze. She gave me a sniff of it and it smelled – just pass it over again so I can have another sniff. So this is – I'm drinking non-alcoholic gin with tonic. Oh, oh, come on. It smells like plants. It's actually delicious. Do you know what it smells it's like? It's made by some lunatic in the UK and it is um, – are we allowed to say the brand? It's called Sea Lip, I suppose we are. Um, <laughs> we set the rules. I'm allowed to say. <laughs> it's made by some uh, lunatic in the UK who um, brews up – uh, botanicals, etc., into a gin-like substance that is booze-free. <laughs> I actually like am really plants. enjoying it. It's made of peas, and the picture on the um, label is a, a rabbit made out of peas and herbs. And I'm that's it for me. As long as there's a rabbit made out of peas and herbs on the label, <laughs> it costs about forty bucks. It's like hilariously overpriced water, but. It's what I've got. So I have, um, I'm off the booze because someone I love very much is unwell and she has asked uh, for a bit of solidarity in her healthy living um, goals in the new year to get mm-hmm. healthy and part of that is not drinking at all. Who's with me? She cried. <laughs> Crab says, um, okay. <laughs> so... That's yep. me. What about yep. you? I, I I know what you're up to because I just saw you <laughs> so impulsively <laughs> dispatch a plate of steamed bok choy <laughs> for my dinner. Yes, I have just eaten far too many chocolates and um, you know Christmas goodies, and because I have a job on television now, I have the pleasure of you should starving see her. She's myself. Really fat. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Actually, um, you're looking fine. Have any, have any of you seen the? Uh, Austin Powers film um, where Mike Myers has a character called Fat Bastard. That's what I look oh, like now. <laughs> get in my belly. But, get in my belly. But I will have slimmed down by the time um, work starts. Now, um, let's uh, – I just am aware that's actually not a really great message. It's a terrible it's message. It's a terrible it? message. <laughs> I'm just aware that what I should be saying is – People don't care what you look like because your appearance doesn't really matter. But we all know that's how we'd like the world to be and not how it really is when it comes to ladies. Ladies on television. But nobody ever says to you like, hey, lard ass, lose some weight. (laughs) I say that to myself in the mirror. Well, I think, to be honest, I think 
the January feeling is always a bit like that because it's just a combination of being sedentary and eating foods that you wouldn't normally eat and yep. too much. And because you're not at work, you're just sitting around eating all day basically, yeah, right? Like exactly. And, and my kids are just like, is it time for packets of chips yet? Because it's <laughs> yes. like, are you just like, no, not really. Like my kid walked in um, to the kitchen this morning and said, oh, there's some chips left. Uh, I'll open those. I'm like, dude, it's like. Ten past seven. You're not opening chips. What do you want about? Look, we don't normally have chips in the cupboard, so it's kind of like, well, if there's chips, let's have chips. Look, I've been known to have a slice of toast and three rumbles for breakfast. I'm oh, not going to lie. Well, that's delicious. <laughs> but yeah, yeah there's, a, like, there's a general um, cleansing urge that happens in, in January, which yes. is why gyms are absolutely groaning. I went to the gym today, in fact, as yep. well. I was one of the people there with my news resolution. I was thinking, geez, it's never this busy. What's going on? And I realised it's all the other tubbies in there trying to get sorted. You've gone and messed up the message be, again now. Should be cleared up by February when everyone's given up. Um, now, as a special uh, Happy New Year treat to our listeners, we this morning went to see the film <laughs> Cats. Wow. <laughs> now, let me just say how we got into this, like, A, it was your idea, and B, you were, like... I did were... then try to wiggle out of it, actually, but you said that you insisted on being taken to Cats. That's actually, that is true. Um, <laughs> you tried to, like, take a hook turn into Little Women. Yes, I did. And I hear that's very good, too, although Beth such a sap. Um, My sister-in-law saw it and she's just cried 80% of the movie and look, I feel a bit – I just – I don't want to be sadder than I already am at the moment. No, so. but I do have a particularly fond place for little women. So I'd sort Who's of like to Who's your favourite character? Um, Joe. Joe. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you even asked that question. Well, I don't know. You could be a closet Amy. <laughs> <laughs> or actually, you could be a bit of a Meg. Bossy. Uh, mommy. Tidy. <laughs> the Aunt, Aunt Marge. Oh, I love Aunt March. She's yes. my favourite. Oh, yes, she is good, actually. That is who yeah. I'll be in about 20 years. Um, 20 years. Now, I meant to, before we got into this, when, my reservation about cats became, I, I thought it would be like when we saw Fifty Shades of Grey and that then we Just were able hilarious. to have a hilarious discussion afterwards. wasn't like that, really. But actually, the problem was cats, because we've been away over Christmas, cats has been so comprehensively ridiculed in hilarious reviews that there's really not that much hilarity that I reckon we can bring that hasn't already been, feels like, you know, sort of kicking something when it's already down. So I actually went in there thinking. I'm going to secretly like this. No, no, and, no, I didn't And think be that. uplifting. No, I knew I'd hate it. But I thought I'm going to go in there and I'm going to, because the T.S. Eliot book of poems, Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats, is actually fantastic. It is fantastic. They're great poems. Yes, they are. I don't even mind the music of cats. Um, the stage show is – Do you like actual cats? I love cats. Right. Okay. I love mm-hmm. them. They're my favourite mm-hmm. animal. Um, I The stage show is just an incomprehensible mess and partly the problem is that it's a book of poetry that yes. doesn't have a narrative thread. Right. So, yeah. But it has lots of individual little stories. Yeah. So I thought, all right, maybe – the, the only way that this can work is if everyone's individual little story that they do it's is outstanding and yeah. you just go, that's the best singing and dancing I've ever seen and the te- technology is amazing and blah, blah, blah. So I was prepared to watch it on that level and not be watching just to be annoyed. And I also thought, find some nice things to say about it. And so the nice things that I wrote down are… You were scribbling away in amongst all your huffing and puffing. You were, <laughs> I've just… It was… It was worth the $7.50 that we paid price of admission because I joined the <laughs> cinema as a member and then got like a discount. So we got in for 15 bucks, <laughs> which was about 
what it was worth, I'd say. It was. Um, so do you know one of the things actually before I go on to say the nice things I said, what I was doing every time you made a comment, I wrote it down so oh, I right. could read them back to you later. <laughs> Your first remark was very, very early in the piece was, oh, my God, the head size. Yeah, that was the first Your, 10 seconds. Your second remark was there weren't any opening credits. Yeah, interesting. Why? Your third remark was the first cat to lick its own ass wins my prize. <laughs> Never happened. Your fourth <laughs> remark was, I can hear your lips pursing. <laughs> That's true. You were so huffy. And every bit of body language, you went through the entire array of Lee sales getting annoyed things. So there was a, there was like a few audible sighs. There was a, at some point. Then you hunched down and you had your oh, elbows on your knees is. and your chin in your hands, which is like advanced sales crossness. <laughs> and then there was something else. Oh, there was a bit of head shaking. And I could just – I could actually – the lip pursing was so strong it was almost audible. I know the hunching down bit, which yeah. is um, memory, because I just – I don't like that song. It makes me feel slightly queasy. Um, and I particularly hate the bit when it goes – so, you know, it starts off like memory, oh, da, 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 and then they get into the sort of middle it bit, was- and then it, then it goes up the octave. Touch me! It's, you know it's yep. coming and yeah. I just start getting like this horrible feeling Jennifer that Hudson's it's just acting her fur off. She was crying in every single scene. She was. There was, was a lot like, of weeping. What was going on there? Anyway, you, the final remark of yours that I wrote down was, um, <laughs> is Grail Tiger played by Joe Hockey? Oh, my God, it is. It's Joe Hockey. <laughs> Seriously, breaking news, Grail Tiger is played by Joe Hockey in this film. Nobody's picked that up, but it's <laughs> true. I attempted to follow it up after because after Grail Tiger got off the stage, on came old Deuteronomy, yeah. and I attempted to say to you, but I was laughing too hard, so I wrecked the gag. Oh, my God, is old Deuteronomy played by Bronwyn Bishop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. You laughed at your own gag too early there. I did, unfortunately. Uh, I made a couple of uh, notes. Oh, yeah, here's one. <laughs> at the um, – at the uh, sort of the apex, I guess, of the Jennifer Hudson uh, memory performance, you actually pulled off your glasses <laughs> and folded them with an audible sigh. <laughs> <laughs> click, click. <sighs> so funny. Oh, my gosh. And there was a, um, there was a very weird moment where Re- Rebel Wilson zips herself oh, out of her fursuit. That was not right. Yeah. Um, and also a moment where we both – just could not help um, <laughs> snorting with laughter, which is where some character mid warble <laughs> wanders into an um, annex off the side of the theatre where they're all having this inexplicable cut off, and um, Ian McKellen is just lapping wa- like water out of a saucer. <laughs> Do you know what I and wrote just... down about that? I wrote, I never thought the day would come where I see Sir Ian McKellen lapping from a saucer. Do you know what? Um, uh, you know how we said. I, th- I, th- I thought, okay, what might make it work is if all the set pieces were good. Yeah. The only set piece that I thought train cap any- station cap. No, no, I love that. I thought really? it was good. Yeah, sorry. He was a great were- tap dancer. Yeah. No, no. The only thing that I thought came anywhere near capturing. <laughs> capturing- <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that came anywhere near capturing the actual magic and charm and the storytelling of the original T.S. Eliot poems was Sir Ian McKellen's bit. I, it was actually really good. Yeah, that was good. He yeah. delivered that fantastically. He was he growl tiger. If and you're playing nobody home. laps like Surian. It was it was, was very authentic. Top, it was method, method lapping. lapping. <laughs> <laughs> Can I? What I might do is um, my favourite film reviewer is Anthony Lane, who writes for the New Yorker. Oh, so yes. I'll tell you how he's sort of. I, I meant to go. Is through he the one that wrote his, the poem? 
No. Oh, thank God. Um, I'll just some, some reviewer wrote a poem to critique it and it didn't quite come off. Oh, okay. can't remember who that was. Anthony Lane, I meant to go through today and pick his best bits, but I forgot, so I'll just read you one bit that he, where he sums up what happens. Um, I'm not entirely sure what happens, but it's vaguely to do with old Deuteronomy listening to various cats before making what she calls her jellical choice. The upshot is that the elected winner gets to soar away inside some sort of chandelier slash balloon contraption into the gentle dawn. To what extent this departure signifies death, and if so, how many times a cat can undergo it, given that nine lives are generally available, is difficult to gauge, but my best guess is as follows. Cats is a talent show, and the prize is euthanasia. (laughs) 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 <laughs> Which I think is actually a pretty good summary because it's basically a series of cats doing their numbers and then yep. Judy Dench picks the best cat and the, that yeah. cat. So the is cat, that what yeah. happens in the stage musical? Yeah. I never saw the stage musical. It is, but the strange thing with this was, and I mean, geez, I don't want to spend too much time on it, frankly, but um, is that they've invented this character called Victoria who's not in the poems. Oh, she's what? Yeah, I don't remember her from any poems, but I just thought maybe I'd snoozed off it, <laughs> it a sort bit. of stood out like, you know, the name Mistopheles, Macavity, Grizabella, Growl Tiger. Victoria. Victoria. <laughs> um, and yes. so I think she was there. So the cat that's the sort of central cat in the stage version is Grizabella, who's yeah. the cat that yeah. chuffs off to the heavy side layer. Yeah. Um, the, the, our interruption is going to be a slamming door today. Stand I can by. see it about to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here it comes. Three, two, one. Yeah. Um, so Victoria, I, I was sort of puzzled as to what the hell she was doing She's there. She's a really good dancer. She was. But not cat-like. She was a ballerina. Correct. Like, the choreography didn't show any, not even a nod to cat movements in my view. Mm, there was a lot of all, on all fours walking though. Really? Do you know what I wrote down? Why isn't more of the choreography on all fours? It was one of my comments. There was well, a lot they, were of- just, they were using all fours for an A to B thing. But, I mean, seriously, if they had done all of the dancing on all fours, you know what you'd be sitting here saying now? That is ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah, that's ridiculous. totally. I would be. Yeah, there was. Th- this is why what I need someone at the New York Times or the New Yorker, the Atlantic, to do is thirty thousand words on what the hell happened and well, how this got made. Everybody's gone a bit quiet after its release. Like mm. I read a an interview with I think Vulture or something that the director Tom Hollands did, where this was pre release. I think where Tom he Hooper. Hooper. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Director of the I'm King's Speech. Yep. Yes. Um, and he was talking about, you know, why going CGI fur? He was talking about the importance of the CGI ears for expression. Mm. I get all that. Um, but I think Gwen actually saw it and, um, she loves the songs. So she right. like didn't mind it, but said it was ridiculous, you know, so it's possible yeah. to sort of like it, but also think what the hell. Yeah. Um, my mother also really liked it. Um, she thought it was lovely. <laughs> my my seven-year-old said to me one day after it had been absolutely trashed and they even brought out a second edition that they sent to cinemas to say to people to try to salvage it a bit. Um, and so they got cinemas to play a new version oh, after really? the first one went out. Yeah. My seven-year-old came bounding up to me and went, Mum, Mum, I saw a trailer for a movie and it is people dressed up as cats. It looks fantastic. <laughs> Probably explains why the only session you can now find is at 9.45am. Yeah. Um, but um, Gwen's analysis, which I think is actually spot on, is, look, it's a, it's a stage show mm. which they've essentially executed as a stage show. They've just filmed it, right? That's like right. It's, not, it's yeah. not a film. No, it's that's right. It's a filmed version of a stage production. Mm. And if you, were, if you went to see a stage production, you'd be like, well, 
that's people wearing cat costumes. I can, they look a bit catty, but not super catty. I completely agree with Gwen, but the problem is that so when you go and see a stage production of something, usually you're not seeing uber famous people. You are sometimes, right, yeah. but you're, you're usually seeing the best possible person to do mm, that, right? Mm. So if you go to see Cats, you're not seeing it's an array of stars. Yeah, you, yeah that's yeah. right. You're seeing people. So even though on when you see cats on stage it's sort of still mystifying you can enjoy every single number because it's delivered really well yeah. whereas in that i mean it was the dude, spotty. yeah some of the singing was just yeah i was so happy to see jennifer hudson arrive because she was the first person who could actually sing mm. um and yeah, and it was just, but and then at least Sarian McKellen, who couldn't sing, obviously at least had the common of, sense he, to sort of, sort of deliver of, it as a yeah. um, excellent monologue. So it could have survived it if everyone who was cast, everyone who was cast, was able to deliver like his level of performance. Yeah. But um, yeah, but anyway, who but, do you think would be feeling worst about it? The director, yeah, because I mean, you've just made a film that cost ninety five mil and. What is it? It's sorry, I don't know what it, it's lost. Some gigantic amount of money. I can't remember what, but I think because it's, it's your that you get that much money to do it? this cockamamie idea. Really, I guess that if you get carried away, this is the danger of star power. You know, once you've got this sort of array of stars on board, suddenly everybody thinks, well, this is bulletproof because it's got all these stars in it. But That's right. It's yeah, just a not. terrible trap. I mean, they did achieve one thing, which is just quite an unbelievable achievement, which has made me not want to sleep with Idris Elba. Wow. <laughs> they robbed him of his sexiness. There ought to be a plant for that. <laughs> <laughs> the old cold bucket of water on Idris. Yeah, it was, it was unquenchable. Just... I thought your loins were unquenchable Look, on the Idris-ometer. disappointing, but, yeah, I think it's wrecked for me seeing him wow. dressed up poncing around as a cat. Um, now, can I just – have you got anything else to say about cats? Uh, no, I think I'm done. Okay. Um, can I just – I'm going to – we've got so many things to talk about because we've been consuming so much culture over summer. I just want to rattle through them pretty quickly because okay. I have seen three movies over summer. Oh, okay, that's um, three more than I had until this morning. Um, okay, Marriage Story. Um, oh, okay. Well, I haven't watched that, but I'm dying to. It's it's really good. It's base. It's it's a Adam marriage Driver breakup. And Adam Driver, Scarlett Hansen. Yep. It's mm-hmm. a marriage breakup, um, and then a custody fight and a fight over the assets between the two classic people. Classic Christmas movie. Classic classic Christmas movie. It's sort of a, like a modern take on um, Kramer, Kramer versus Kramer. Kramer. Um, it's basically about how two ostensibly very nice, decent people can shift so far apart and be so destructive, and how over time it sort of comes back around um, and. Not that I get back together. They still say separated, but their relationship sort of the heat goes out and then it becomes. Right. And so it just follows that sort of process from start to finish. It's really good. It wasn't as I thought it might be really bleak, and it is sad. But you don't you don't leave feeling like oh that was just so draining. Are they nice to the kid? They do try to be nice to the kid. Right. Yeah, yeah. They're not. He is used a little bit as a pawn, but it's not horrendous. There's a brilliant bit where Adam Driver sings a song called Being Alive from a musical called Company. He's out in a club with some oh, friends. Oh, there's a musical number. <laughs> he oh. just he does it oh, amazingly and the lyrics are, are Is there amazing. anything that Adam Driver doesn't do amazingly? He is brilliant. He's your Scarlet, new Idris. He is actually. Idris, move over. Adam Driver, come on down. Wait till he zips on a fursuit. <laughs> Be all over. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson as well does a monologue in the lawyer's office where the lawyer asks, so what, what's gone wrong? And she has a like, long, long monologue about uh-huh. what's gone wrong. And, again, it's really quite something. So that was really good and I recommend it. It's on Netflix. Um, Do you most married people probably got one of those monologues just ready to go? <laughs> 
For well, sure. <laughs> thank you for asking. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> um, on my Adam Driver bent, I also went to see a film called The Report. Um, it's about the writing of a Senate US Senate investigation into the enhanced interrogation techniques, oh. F, um, you know, effort that the Bush administration did at Guantanamo Bay and wow. in secret CIA rendition I've places never heard around of the this world. Um, movie is it Diane current Fett, release? It's current. It's probably out of cinemas now. He plays a guy called Daniel J. Johns, who was a staffer in the office of Do- Senator Dianne Feinstein, oh, who was okay. at the yep. time the head of the Senate yep. Intelligence Committee, and he uncovers all of this stuff that went on. And he says it should be made public. Like it was what we've done is terrible. And anyway, so it follows the process. It's a really good, pretty non-judgmental procedural about um, the way that real life event. Um, occurred and it was great as well. I really liked it, so I recommend that. And I saw on the weekend what was my favourite cultural consumption of the holidays, oh God, okay. which was the film The Gentleman, which is Guy Ritchie's new film. Oh right, I saw you tweet something about oh, this. I think it was yeah. great. It takes about fifteen minutes to get how the structure of the film is going to work. And I and my friend um, who was with me both said we had a wobbly moment early on thinking, I don't know if I'm going to get this. And then you sort of click in like, oh, right, okay, the Hugh Grant character is sort of narrating something that's happened and it's going to keep flashing back to it and then back to present day him narrating. Right. Um, once and what's you sort the of get story? That, it's basically a heist. It sort of harks back to like heist films in the vibe. Right. Um, it's – too difficult, I think, to try to explain the story. Um, hmm. But it's hoity toity. It's, it's very quite, well. Done. It's it's quite <laughs> violent. Hmm. It's very funny. Everybody in it is excellent. Um, I mean, right. as you know, I'm very partial to Hugh Grant. He was fantastic, yep. but so was Colin Farrell. So is Matthew McConaughey. Um, it does not pass the Bechdel test. Um, uh, yeah. There is one woman played by Michelle Dockery from Down, uh, Downton Abbey who is a great, quite quite strong female character, but nonetheless she's still just the wife of the Matthew yep. McConaughey character. Right. Um, and – but, I mean, Hugh Grant is just side-splitting and it's great. I, I want to go and see it again, like, okay. tomorrow. Like, I loved it so right, much. Right, Well, I disapprove yep. of that movie on principle, but I probably will see it <laughs> based on your I'm, – I'm so conflicted. <laughs> what about – I think um, let's – we'll do – we'll have two – podcasts talking about our summer consumption. Yes, because I read and listened to things, but I didn't really watch much. And one of the reasons is, well, I've had children crawling all over me, so I haven't been to any proper films. And also, in our living room, we've only got one seat at the moment. Oh, so you can't sit around and watch TV. No. You could watch it on your iPad or whatever. So what have you watched? um, I've got stuck right into Series 3 of The Crown. Now, what do you think? I love it. Yeah. As much as the other two? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Olivia Coleman, totally buying her as the new queen. I was, I had a lot of fear about how I would handle the transition in characters, but she is a great, great middle order of life queen. Yep. I agree. Um, And I also, sorry, you're going. And Helena Bonham Carter as Margaret, fine. I kind of liked the first Margaret, but, you know, she had to kind of yeah I'm with you the different the new actors didn't jar on me it just it actually just felt like a new show like in the same mm. way that um so if you see the king's speech and you see the queen starring Helen Mirren yeah it's some overlap of character yeah. but you don't really care but the quality I mean the the the, the style and 
deep, deep quality of this series continues. Mm. Um, the great piece of casting is Prince Philip, though, I reckon. He was great. I in thought series Charles three. is good. Oh, Charles is incredible as well. Yeah. They're both um, – both of these actors have got the mannerisms down – Absolutely spot on. And I've just finished watching the episode where um, Prince Philip has a sort of a bit of a midlife crisis and it's Mm. actually moving and beautifully executed. And Mm. I never thought I would be sort of genuinely moved by... I agree. The Duke of Edinburgh, conf- uh, confused about life. But I, I was. That's the astronauts yeah. episode, right? Yeah. yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, I completely agree. I must admit the first few episodes of it didn't really grab me and that was the episode for me that was the turning point because it felt yeah. to me a bit episodic where it yeah. was almost like, oh, well, we have to tick up, off on the Welsh mine disaster and then we're going to do – it was an incredible episode. It was. But Just it felt shocking. like there, wasn't, there were insufficient – threads running through tying the whole thing together but then once you sort of hit around there suddenly you sort of had this blossoming of threads around um the queen's relationship with her uncle who abdicated charles's relationship with him the queen's relationship with charles camilla arrives on the scene and so you suddenly get this much more rich fast unit isn't she core (laughs) core you've got the princess margaret marriage with Lord Snowden. So suddenly I feel like now we're more immersed in a number of yeah, right. sort of plot threads. I'm quite um, – because I'm watching this as the same time – at the same time as the Prince Harry kind of situation is evolving, that's kind of a weird external stimulus oh, yeah. as well because you're kind of seeing a bunch of these issues yeah. rehashed between the – older generation above Prince Harry and the older generation above Prince Charles. So it's just like this complete circular argument about the modernisation of the monarchy. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? Um, I really liked um, Julia Baird's piece that she wrote the other day actually about um, the uh, just the general consensus that everything was fine until Meghan Markle came along and she's the Yoko owner of the royal family. Um, <laughs> because Julia, because she has so much expertise yeah, um, right. in in the monarchy having written that spectacular biography of Queen Victoria, I think takes a really shrewd and measured look at what's going on. I sort of feel a bit weird even being interested because it seems like... Oh, it's riveting. Yeah, it seems like um, a bit of a soap opera thing to be interested in, but it is just genuinely a fascinating exercise of power and tradition. Mm, Absolutely. Um, I mean, geez, I'd love to be a fly on the wall at the summit the Queen was doing with... um, Harry Skyping and, in with Meghan and in Canada. It, like a soap opera as well or like, you know, I guess now these days because everyone has Instagram and stuff, you probably know more about celebrities' private lives than you used yeah. to. In fact, I interviewed Michael Parkinson for 7.30 and he what? was saying he was saying in the day when he was doing Parky, you knew nothing about celebrities' lives and yeah. so that was why it was so interesting. Yeah. Now you know a lot so it's much less interesting. But it was funny, I was texting a friend the other day about the Harry, Megan thing, and I won't share my personal views, but it was really like a lot of um, extrapolation on my part about what I think are the characters of these, of Kate yeah. Middleton and, and yeah. blah, 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 and her role in it. And it's like just, it's it's fabric, it's imagination. It's yeah. total fabrication. Yeah, it um, mm. But I think we've all got our opinions about all of them and, yeah, it's quite quite odd. Um, Frankly, I, I think if I, were, if I were in a situation where I'd lost my mother to this sort of bizarre paparazzi oh, yeah. incident, then I'd be pretty weird totally. around For sure. these issues as well. Totally. Um, I did enjoy that, but it wasn't my favourite television of my holidays. My favourite was Morning Wars. Oh, 
I just ate that up with a spoon, baby. <laughs> Did you love it too? I loved it too and I thought it was just a – I mean, I think – I think I sort of enjoyed it as televisual popcorn with a bit of sort of – a bit of a half a grind of issues over the top. Um I thought the performances were great. Mm. Um, Reese Witherspoon is just outstanding. She is an incredibly versatile actor. Steve Carell, I thought, was fantastic yeah. too in capturing that the sort of charm. Well, and Jennifer Aniston as well. It's that the charming. I, I don't know quite how to describe it. Her husband describes her as a charming narcissist, but it's it's a personality that I've seen in many people on TV, yeah. which is charming and nice, but under it actually. Just a bit of a self-serving ass. Yeah, sort of like. Um, I mean, who could we I possibly mean, be yeah. describing? I, <laughs> <laughs> I said to, to Justin, the seven thirty EP. I'm really worried now that I'm a charming narcissist and I don't realise it. And he said, "It's fine. You're not. You're not charming." <laughs> <laughs> but as a sort of, I mean, as a, did you rate it as an examination? You yeah. know, of the Me Too I issue. Did. I thought it was very. It, it sort of explored it from all different sort of sides of it, including the Steve Carell character trying to come to terms with, well, I haven't done anything wrong here. Yeah. And his complete inability to grasp. Yeah. Um, and I thought they did a pretty good job of, of illustrating how junior people in workplaces um, can be so easily taken advantage of and feel yeah. like they can't yeah. say anything about it and also the consequences when you do say something about yeah. it. So I really – I enjoyed it. The other thing I enjoyed about it was it is one of the more realistic depictions I've seen of how a TV show gets made because yeah. I remember being incensed by that show The Newsroom. Oh, I know. Oh. Remember when every journalist saw that we were finally understanding why all the political <laughs> staffers we knew hated the West Wing? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, the I'm idiot sure really producer, like, like never stopping making smart-ass remarks in the anchor's ear. It just would yeah. not happen. Anyway, but um, Morning Wars actually is pretty accurate in, in the way that the different roles of the people and how, what the anchor does, what the producer yeah. does, what the director like does, what, what the EP does. Anchor cracks on to all the junior staff. <laughs> exactly, that's all right. Just then repairs to her, you her know, dressing room with her big name on dollar it. New York apartment. <laughs> it's exactly. Wow. It was like a documentary. It was mm. exactly like my life. Um, no, the, the there's a person on there called the Booker who is a producer who lines up talent, yeah. and the way that that the script was written about her trying to get people to come on the show. I mean, it's, it's exactly the conversations I hear. Yeah. It's exactly the way I talk to people myself. So yeah. it's actually very um, – I thought it was sort of accurate in that regard. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. I was When I got to the final episode, I was like, give me more. Yeah. He wants more. Yeah. Um, but, no, it's interesting all the sort of me too bits and pieces that are – out and about. Um, yeah, I actually – I mean, we've both read She Said, the Jodie Cantor yeah. book. Um, I have read over the summer um, uh, All the President's Women, which is yeah. an account of um, basically every woman that Donald Trump's ever cracked onto, and oh. that is – it's quite confronting that it's such a thick book, actually, more than mm. anything else. All of them talking about it or just a, just an accounting of what all the stories are? Uh, it's it's kind of, it's roughly chronological, so it starts in his days of um, business and talks about his various marriages and his various dalliances um, outside of those marriages, and what you end up with is it. It's sort of like a sex biography of the president. I mean, it's mm. it's it's kind of a bit like that great literary biography of Helen Garner. It just sort of picks some elements out of the life. In this case, it focuses on relationships with women and you end up with quite a 
like an incredibly repetitive pattern actually. And is it is the purpose of it to just put it all together into the one document? Yeah, so, you, so right. um, and I think that they've got a few – they've talked to a few women who haven't talked to um, other um, – uh, other reporters and they've kind of knitted it together so you can observe the pattern of behavior right over the years yeah um on she said because we haven't talked since i read that have you read the ronan farrow one as well oh, no i haven't actually. okay i've only read the Cantor one so the Cantor one um the difference between them i think mostly is well partly they just had different people who were talking to them but yeah. the Cantor. um oh and it's also it's Definitely Megan Tui because I looked at her on on uh, Twitter and her oh, Twitter handle is at Mega M E G A yeah the number two E oh right Mega Tui brilliant Megan Tui yeah. if we just put some if more research only into that, done it a tiny bit so of research fantastically offensive um has she, has she, have we heard from her but no, we will but no, no. <laughs> we're just going through this stage of paranoia where every time we sort of I was glad you were complimentary about Reese Witherspoon because God knows she'll be ringing any minute yes she'll be calling to ask you to play yourself in a miniseries (laughs) of your own life Paul Rudd hasn't rung to complain that I didn't love his show give it some time Idris Um, will be on next take me back babe it's Idris (laughs) (laughs) what are you talking about I'm as sexy as ever I'm still a sexy devil um uh, oh, you've distracted me now. I, I have, have haven't I? Yeah. Um, she said is a much more methodical accounting of the journalism process. Yeah. Ronan Farrow's book is much more of a first-person narrative about this is the effect it sort of had on me and what it was doing to my relationship. And, oh, yeah. Right. He does do all the journalism stuff, but he also – it's more, I guess, about his battle also to get the story up on NBC and how, how stressed he was. And right. so it's a lot about that. Whereas the She Said one is a bit more just straight a TikTok about here's how we did the story. Right. Okay. So, yeah. Are you enjoying Chat Tan Looks 3? Is this pointless ad giving you an opportunity to make a cup of tea? Well, you are welcome. If you do enjoy our company, uh, you can interact on a just a dizzying array of online platforms. You can go to our website, www.chat10looks3.com, where you'll have the, all the show notes from every show we've ever done. Thanks, Brenda. Uh, there's also um, a little link through to uh, a bookshop called Bedside Table, where you can purchase, if you'd like, any of the books that we've talked about in the podcast. You can also find merch if Gwen has been up to her terrible tricks and um, putting together diabolically hilarious merchandise. Can you make this a bit snappier? It's going to take us over the 30 minutes. Oh, my God. Are you for real? Anyway, uh, you can catch us on Instagram, on Twitter, or join the Facebook group, which is, well, that's just uh, something um, completely else indeed. Can I? I know I'm hogging all the talking. Sorry, that's because, okay. You've seen um, all the movies. How you put the uh, and, and I did put, a few live work in. I did a few live things as oh, well, um, which is since Good we last you. met. I've seen you two, and I've seen Whoa. Elton John, oh. um, and both of them made me think a little bit about. Um, performer's need for love because um, there was a bit where um, Bono in the U2 um, concert said something like, is it normal to need 50,000 people to tell you every night that they love you? And the crowd roars. And I, I was thinking, no, that's not Bono. That really is not wow. normal. And then Elton was um, 
he was talking about how he's this is his final tour and he's but because he's, he's in his seventies now, right? Yeah, and he's got little kids. So yeah, exactly, how is the dude even oh, getting out of bed and putting for the right two and shoes and on? Hours and it was a great yeah. show. He played everything you'd want to hear. Um, but he was saying. He talked about how much he likes, you know, writing songs and he likes recording, but performing's his lifeblood. You could see that. Like he was mm. just lapping up. He loved the audience. And it made me actually think I'd be, if I were his family or friends, worried for him when he does stop touring because I think he clearly needs it. He clearly yeah, needs right. that sort of huh. whatever it is um, that you get, you know, the energy that you get from the audience. It reminds me of there's a line in um, Chicago where the um, – Reese Witherspoon character Roxy Hart says something like, you know, it's about the audience and, you know, I love them and I love them loving me and they love me loving them and we all love each other because none of us had enough love in our childhoods. Well, I guess it is this human dynamo of adoration, right? Like, I mean, yeah. I, um, I, Gwen went to see um, Elton and was sitting behind, sorry, Sir Elton, yeah. and was sitting behind. Like there was, it must have been a like a oh, sort like of wraparound sort of organ, oh, right. audience, and she said that um, he was very fastidious. At the end of each song, he'd stand up, yeah, um, salute the crowd, flip out his cocktails so they sat properly on the piano stool, and then hawk and spit into a spittoon. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. Mm, a little spittoon there. <laughs> the sort of the gesturing for more applause at the end of every song my brother went in Brisbane and he was really annoyed by it. It, it yeah. does slow it down quite a bit. So hang on, how long is this piece of pud pulling last? Oh, a minute. Wow. Yeah, after every song. <laughs> it's quite long. But I, I didn't the mind it because I'm like, a big fan and sure. I feel like, like mate, have if you my need some love, you have given me a lot of pleasure over the years and I will give you my love gladly. But so. so- just think, at the end of each tour, he's going back to his house where his partner and two young children hang out. Like, he's just never going to get that adulation at home, is he? You no. just get a bit of like, well. Yeah. They were at, they were, it's I'm your exhausted. turn to take out the rubbish, Elton, yeah, exactly. because you've been away. I've been doing it every night for three months. <laughs> and you just thought, well, life's just the palladium was loving me. All I was getting <laughs> yeah. was adoration. His, his husband and kids were at the show that I was at, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was interesting because I thought, oh, he must be doing this big tour because it's the last hurrah chance to make a ton of money, even though he's richer than yeah. God. But actually when I watched him, I thought, no, no it's you really about, need it. Yeah. It's about that you need um, the performance. But they were both great. The best live thing I saw was Hannah Gadsby's new show, Douglas. Oh, wow. Um, she was just so fantastic. Um, it was a different, you know, obviously, a different show to Nanette. Um, it, Nanette had a very tight sort of story. Like if someone said yeah. to you what was Nanette about, yeah. you could say it's about this. It's harder to say what this was about. So it was more of a traditional stand-up comedy show in that regard and that it Mm -hmm. traversed lots of different terrain. But you did – she's doing something that I think nobody else is doing, which is it's almost like a new genre where it was sort of stand-up comedy and a sort of a lecture. Like she does this absolutely brilliant, logical demolition of anti-vaxxers, like one of the best argument against anti-vaxxers I've ever heard. And at the end she says something like – you know, um, firstly she goes, if the person next to you is not applauding, you know who, who, who the anti-vaxxers <laughs> are. Um, and she says, and, you know, I, I'm aware that probably I have a lot of anti-vaxxers in my crowd and so, you know, I'm, I'm conscious that I'm probably offending my own fans but nonetheless I don't care because it's BS and so she then yeah, just right. does this great demolition. But I think the sense that you have is – 
and, and I guess like Nanette, she goes into serious terrain and then very seamlessly pulls it back around to being funny again. And so mm. you, the audience is just eating out of her hand. You have this sense, I think, watching her that you are watching somebody at the absolute indisputable peak of their craft, like that she just so comprehensively knows what she's doing how to say interesting stuff, how to work a room, how to hold people's attention. Like I just was watching and just thinking, man, I have so much respect for you because you just are very, very, very good at what you're doing. I met Hannah Gadsby once. We were both doing kind of these um, kind of rehearsals workshops for a show that ended up becoming Randling on the ABC. So it was all about playing word games. And <laughs> So I did the worst thing to her. Oh no! I'll never forget it. It's so bad. So she was sort of Probably my partner. Wasn't the worst thing that's ever happened to her. No, exactly. It <laughs> yeah. wouldn't even be in the top like thousand. So I'm. It was just. Anyway, when I explain it, it'll sound even sillier. But anyway, <laughs> we're playing this word game, and it was just a warm up thing. And she and I were partners, and we had to go back and forth, saying things were in, that were in our that could be in a fridge, and. If your partner, like you'd have to name something that began with the last letter of what your partner just said. And I said, look, this is in my defence after about 50 goes and it was really fast. And I said, Nutlex. <laughs> Nutlex. I don't have Nutlex in my fridge. And then the she truth just looked, comes out. And she just looked at me and just went, oh, how could you? <laughs> I with X and is in a fridge. Nothing. So she chipped out and just the look of reproach in her eyes. There's no way I can ever make that up to her. Um, I'm so sorry, Hannah. I'm glad that uh, I'm actually quite impressed that you came up with something with an X. Not an X. Um, yeah, it was, it was really – It was keep fantastic. in the fridge. True. If you have a chance to see that show, uh, uh, I recommend it. Douglas. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Douglas is the name of her dog for anyone who's wondering. Oh, I was wondering. Thank you for Have you left your bitch. house or have you just sat on the couch the entire uh, time? Yeah, no, I've been working, right? Because oh, yeah, course, um, yeah. we're, we're filming a new series of Back in Time for Dinner, which is yep. going to be awesome, but it has meant working all the way through the holidays pretty much. Yeah. Um, but at least I've not had to wear corsets. True. The same cannot be said of everyone in the production. Um, I did – I've seen. A, I went to see the Cornelia Parker exhibition at the MCA with Who's my thirteen-year-old daughter. So she's a um, wow. She's she's a British artist. She's sort of installations mainly, but also just all sorts of stuff. She's fascinating, very funny, um, really great for kids. It's not a huge, huge exhibition, but the things in there are chunky and like cool. Mm-hmm. The one that's had the most, oh, probably the most press, is that. I mean, she's. Everything is very random, you know, and she'd be the sort of person who'd like ring up with this crazy request. You'd be like, well, there's this artist on the phone that wants to do X, Beryl. (laughs) So she's got this um, exhibit that is she's somehow got her grubby hands on all of this clay, clay earth that they dug out from under the Leaning Tower of Pisa when they were stabilising it. She's like, oh, can I have a bit of that mud (laughs) face? And she's like... So it's like these sort of rocks of earth that she's suspended from wires so that they sit at exactly the same level in a room. So it's like this carpet of earth that's suspended Mm. above the floor. It's completely bizarre. 
Mm. Um, and I can only imagine looking at it, the extent of her negotiations with the local authorities around mm. Pisa. Um, and also just to ship it because you're not supposed to bring soil into it. 100%. <laughs> so many questions. And yet she's somehow pulled it off. Every time I've and tried to bring soil around the into world. the country, customs has stopped me immediately. Um, that's pretty great. She also got the British Army to come in and blow up a garden shed for her. <laughs> Um, she filled this garden shed with sort of, you know, dead children's toys and mowers and, you know, hammers and things, got them to blow it up and then she collected all the pieces and suspended them in this room so that it's, you know, a millisecond after the explosion. So everything's blowing like everywhere. Um, There's lots of these things in this exhibition and my daughter found it totally fascinating. It's a really good one to take uh, kids to see because it's, full of intriguing ideas okay. and um, and my favorite favorite um work in there was um she's done this completely bonkers thing that the bonkers runs very strong in this um in this exhibition really i wasn't getting that Not really. <laughs> she printed out the wikipedia entry for magna carta and then screen printed it onto linen and then had a range of people embroider it so it's like an embroidered, oh. but it's not Magna Carta. It is the Wikipedia. the Wikipedia entry for Magna Carta. And a lot of her embroidery work, she gets prisoners to do the embroidery. And there's a few celebs who have popped up to do a bit of embroidery as well. Anyway, it's she's obviously just at the stage in her career where she could just go, hey, here's a completely ridiculous idea I had in the bath. Let's get this going. And she's famous enough that people are like, oh, it's that chick again. You know, now she wants, you know, four donkey Whatever. skins and a, you know, and a rotary hoe. Uh, give her what she wants. She won't it's, go away. It sounds inaccessible, but after I watched that Marina Abramovich doc, oh, I'm much more open-minded seriously, now it's, about it. It's totally accessible. It's just – it's fascinating and funny and just a really nice way to spend an hour or two. Okay. Good to know. It's at the MCA in Sydney. Um, did, have you done much cooking? Um, look, I've done, um, I haven't done anything specially original. I've been using a lot of eggs lately. I've I've signed up to take, um, quite, quite a few dozen eggs a week from, um, a fabulous, fabulous farm called Toluca Park. They have, um, totally free range hens and their, their orders have been, they've been threatened with bushfires and, um, also, drought so they need a bit of extra support over january so um i'm doing lots of egg things they they have um hens that are free range 24 hours a day and they're guarded by marimma dogs oh my god yeah um that's That's a lot of eggs to get through it is so uh i've been i've made a few pavs i made something um for your house on new year's eve which i'm calling the marrakesh mess it's like a it's like an eaten mess except it's got um it's got raspberries in it but i also chopped up turkish delight (sighs) put that through it um some um pomegranate syrup Ah. pomegranate and raspberry syrup and some rose water in the whipped cream. Oh, and very nice. then I put heaps and heaps. I put um, little those beautiful bright green slivered pistachios. Oh, awesome! And heaps of um, Persian fairy floss on top. Oh, that sounds beautiful. Yeah, it, and um, freeze dried raspberries. So oh. it, it, yeah, it looks fantastic. Um, I got a picture of myself blending it with my rack visible in the background for anyone who missed, missed my rack in Melbourne. <laughs> 
I'll plonk that up in the newsletter. <laughs> Sign up on our website, www.chat10looks3.com. Um, the, that sounds delicious. Are you working on a new recipe book? Nope, I'm just, okay, you know, good. I'm just flushing out the old recipe when I, I'm just good. laying one like an egg every now and again. All I made, well, I made some stuff I've made before, so I won't bore you with that, but I did make two things out of the new Ottolenghi book. Oh, simple. yes. Yeah. Um, two salads to take to a barbecue. One was five spice peach and raspberry salad. It was yep, actually. That sounds horrible. Really? It was actually <laughs> quite nice. Um, Although you've surprised me with five spice before. That five spice chocolate, chocolate cake, cake that you make is very nice. It but is. Really? Do you, are you not a fan pe- of five spice? Uh, I could just about justify it with peach, but raspberry, I don't know. Like what else is in the salad? Just peach and raspberry. Um, oh, bloody hell, I can't remember now. Leaves. Um, okay. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, the other one I made out of that book was the watermelon, green apple and lime salad. Okay, well, it that, had sounds, of mint that in sounds very nice. As soon as you yeah. say watermelon, mint, yeah. whack, yeah. put no five spice in, whack in whatever else yep. you like. Um, delicious. Um, but, yeah, I didn't, haven't done a ton of – I have actually done a ton of cooking, but it's been all just your basic – like I went away with a couple of friends and yep. I cooked every night just because I wanted to because it was fun and I like cooking when I'm not rushed. Yep. But I just was cooking your basic, you know, bog standard yep. fare. Yeah, so nothing exciting. Pasta with tomatoes and olives. Yeah, but Parmesan, you, you know? did see uh, a movie, so exactly. Or two. It's a win-win. You've done it. You've nailed it. <laughs> so uh, next time we meet, it's going to be books, yeah. and podcasts because yeah. you have been on a podcast. Binge, I have a bit. Yeah, so. I have a bit. Right. We'll okay. leave that till the next time. Sounds good. <laughs>